0: Hi, I'm Dave Chapman, writer for the Awfully Cheerful Engine, and for Doctor Who, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
1: This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about what makes a new edition of an RPG a new edition. In the news, there's a new Dungeons & Dragons streaming television service coming, New Critical Role series is starting soon. New Doctor Who releases are announced. Previews from the D&D adventure Big B presents Glory of the Giants and more. Plus a brand new sketch about adventurers showing up at the city gates with a very strange creature in tow. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk.
2: The podcast this week is sponsored by Second Century Fox, creators of the world's most entertaining and dramatic illusions. From comic tales of poor people being oppressed by the elite, to dramatic fables about poor people being oppressed by the uh, elite, to sweeping sagas about uh, poor people being oppressed by. Look, can't they oppress someone other than just the poor people? I'm an equal opportunities oppressor. I've oppressed along with the best of them. Now where's that screenplay I wrote? All the tabletop are playing news. We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse. And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG.
1: Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or
0: Morris, aka Russ, and with me this week is... Peter coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ as ever. I am delighted to be here. Joining us again, we have the Strategic Mastermind and Chief Quartermaster General and Logistician, that is behind the publishing giant. This is EM Publishing. It's the one. It's the only.
3: It's it is me, Jessica of EM Publishing, and
0: publishing giant. <laughs> giant.
3: I'm. I don't know. I'm only five foot tall myself, but yeah. Well,
0: mm. uh, no bigger than that a minute. Well, to to your dog, you're a giant. Fair. M- maybe. To cats, yeah. we are definitely
3: elves. Mm. Amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, shall we? Uh,
0: shall we talk about some RPG stuff? Well, should I start us off with a little bit of um, news then?
3: Yes. Yeah. Do it. Yeah,
0: that would be what? novel. That'd be novel. We could come do on, that.
3: Yeah, so you start.
0: Yeah, so you know, I'm I'm hanging around on Macedon, which is like Twitter if Twitter was less exciting, had less pictures, and was much more about like being really earnestly nerdy about stuff. So obviously mm. I fit Lizzie. in, right? I fit in extremely well there. Mm-hmm. But I'm having a great time. And um chat called John Godsland has come up with uh, Goddies.com. That's G-O-Z-Z-Y-S dot com. And what that is, is that is a place that will generate random maps for you. I okay. mean, yeah, that, that's obviously, you know, pretty standard, but it's got like about six different sorts of maps. You can twiddle various widgets in order to change the size and frequency of the maps. And they've also got a bunch of uh, pre-gens. Oh, and the best thing is, being a smart man, he's thought about Creative Commons licensing. So if you happen to be a game designer and you're like, I just need a map just any map, a map, I need a map, Mm. go there, and you can make one, and then you can just say, Ah. oh, okay, bam, brilliant age of creativity, thoroughly recommend, thank you very much, Miss Scotland.
1: So we've got a cave map generator, a dungeon map generator, and a wilderness map generator, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, we've got like the dungeon map generator on A5e.tools, but yeah, Mm. it's uh, good to get some uh, support for people who are doing...
3: We don't have a wilderness one on there. It's actually rather yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. It's very yeah. very cool. I know, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: just like it. With it. I'm just playing with it right now. Yeah, it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. we'll put the link for that in the show notes. So people can yeah. check it out and have a play.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I hey, would you like to know about a brand new Dungeons and Dragons streaming service.
3: I I already Boy, know a bit. I? Ab- I already know a bit about it, but I'll let you talk. <gasps> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so i very Christian of me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so this is being launched by Hasbro, or more specifically, E1, which is um, uh, the entertainment company owned by yeah. Hasbro. Entertainment. Yeah. And uh, it's called Dungeons & Dragons Adventures, and it's going to yep. be a new streaming service. Yep. So you can download stuff on demand. Um, it's launching this summer. It's going to be ad-supported. Um, it's on multiple, as yet unspecified, platforms. So we don't know what's how you're going to access it quite yet. But it's going to have like a mix of animation, um, third party influencers doing stuff, actual play shows, all sorts of stuff. It's going to be streaming 24 seven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, it's going to have things like the old 1980s D and D cartoon is going to be on there.
0: Ooh.
1: Um, it's going to have things like, uh, something called Encounter Party, which is an actual play based on an existing podcast mm-hmm. and okay, set in the forgotten okay. realms. Yeah. Um, a show called Faster
0: Purple Worm Kill Kill. And this is a... (coughs) Russ, Russ, you're (laughs) clearly supposed to say that. Faster purple worm, kill, kill.
1: Because
0: it's clearly making reference to the Russ Myers movie, Faster Pussycat, kill, kill. This is a comedy game
1: stream, and uh, in each episode you get a party of first-level characters, and they sort of march off to their deaths against a different deadly monster that's way out of their league. Mm. There's apparently the basic concept of that, which I find mildly amusing. Um, We have Heroes Feast, which is a cooking and talk show. Based on, I think there's a Heroes Feast d d cookery book, was there? Or something like that? Oh, I yes, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Named after the spell? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's launching this summer. Interesting. Get this. Oh! they for like four hours a day. Good times.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's a streaming channel, but it's not on Twitch, presumably, then. I assume it's...
3: No, it I looks like it's more mainstream than it's that.
1: Own th- it looks like it's, it's its own thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I imagine it'll right. be online somewhere that you can interact with yeah. it, but... I guess they have more control of it there.
1: I suppose so. I suppose so. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Well, we could check it out in the summer and see what it's like.
3: So that is what Ian World would be like if we had the same budget, then, I guess.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Are you saying we don't have the same budget as uh, Hasbro?
3: I am saying that, yes.
1: (laughs) Oh. Damn it, I've been spending so much money. She She's taken the numbers twice.
3: <laughs> why have I been signing those cheques? I don't know where they've gone. Oh, no, why didn't, why didn't someone tell me? As your business manager, we'll have a chat about this separately, about who you've been sending random cheques <laughs> oh, yeah. to. And why are writing cheques? Like, I don't even <laughs> yeah. know where my cheque book is. I don't think I can't. I, I haven't think I have in one.
1: decades. I don't know. No, God, no. I can't the only anyway, time I get so... a
3: cheque is from HMRC if I have a tax rebate.
0: Yeah. And yep. I'm like,
3: oh, I have to go somewhere. And
0: I know, yeah. it's awful.
3: Anyway. Um, well, you can so just
0: to deposit straight into your bank account now. So, yeah. Okay,
1: this is this is a
0: little off topic.
3: No, it's related to RPGs <laughs> yeah. because you need money yeah. to buy RPGs most Fine. of the time. You need
0: to make RPGs.
3: Yes. Mm. Do you want me to talk yeah. about something else? Um, well, about I was going to carry on
1: with um, streaming stuff because there's another one.
3: Is there? Well, that's what I was yeah. going to talk about. Oh, well, 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 you
1: tell us about it, Jessica. Are going to about turn? the same thing? Yeah, you, 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 does, you your thing be, does your thing begin with C?
3: Uh, the com- Yes.
1: Okay, in that case, go on. It's so I'm talk thing.
3: about curly fries and their importance. <laughs> no, uh, oh, so no. So Critical Role, um, oh, oh. Right, right. Critical Role have announced their new actual play seri- series called Candela Obscura. Uh, and it's using their, you know, we mentioned before, they've got their new um, RPG coming out, Elimited Worlds. Yeah, they've got Words. two
1: new RPGs coming out. But yes. one of them is this,
3: this is the, the campaign-y one. So yeah, so Darrington Press is publishing Illuminated Worlds. They're using that system, which makes perfect sense. Um, and I think for a while people have been pondering whether or not Critical is going to step away from d and a bit. Mm. And maybe January has ex- had another look at those plans. But anyway, it makes perfect sense that they're, they're promoting yeah. their systems, which is great for them. Yeah, um, yeah and it's basically, you know, it's obviously it's got a lot of the same cast and people that you know kind of in there. Um, it's starting on May 25th at 7pm Pacific, which is 10pm Eastern or 3am in Britain. So if you are mm. really dedicated in the UK and want to stay up, yeah. You can, uh, but yeah, that is on their Twitch and YouTube, and then two weeks later they have a podcast and everything out, so you can can catch up there that way. Yeah. It looks interesting. It's uh yeah, so basically it's like it feels a bit Cthulhu esque, so it's like esoteric investigators fighting mysterious source of corruption and looks very Victoriana. Mm. So yeah, should be should be interesting if you like your actual plays.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that Illuminated Worlds system, they've got mm-hmm. their two... I can't remember what the other one is that they're bringing out, but they've got mm-hmm. two coming out. So this one is optimised for short story arcs and adaptable to myriad CIS settings. So Illuminated Worlds is kind of a... Oh, is this the one shot uh, one? A universal, yeah, it's a universal. Okay. Well, it's not so much one-shot, I don't think. It's short story arcs, so short campaigns, I guess, rather than...
3: Oh, right, got it.
1: ...rather than big, epic, long, ongoing ones, I think. That's, that's what I take from that. That's anyway.
3: what it's been designed for.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate. There's a trailer you can watch if, uh, if you feel so inclined. Yeah.
3: And in other, probably less smaller scale actual play news as well, um, I put a blog post on EM World Live about our sponsorships, um, that we're sponsoring at the moment. So some of them already started in April. Mm. But um, we've got our sponsor streams for Level Up Advanced 5th Edition. And we of course have To Save a Kingdom, which is uh, running for the rest of this month as well. Um, But we also do basically community sports. So if you run an actual play for Level Up A5e, um, we like that you do that. So we'd like to sponsor some people every quarter. And we've got um, one which is the Hebridean Tales, um, which is a podcast that it's been going for ages and it's going to keep carrying on they switched to um level up advanced position in march and then applied um yeah and it's a really nice podcast and um there's a big war going in this massive world and it's um, it's very cool so that's a podcast version so if you prefer to listen to your stories, as opposed to watch them that's there and um we have another one which the title is great they're called basements and besties which if Dungeons & Dragons don't rename to that, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and it's the Dark Lanterns of Shan, so um, the players are this spy organization, and it's kind of set in a world of Eberron-inspired sort of setting. Cool. Yeah, and they've mm. recently just started streaming, so if you want to join uh, a group of people on their new journey, that would be great. And also, mm. we have Mr. Kurt Wise as well, who was who played Lewin Aubrey-Bothamit Brown. Lewin aubrey morgan Boffmit of the morgan Boffmit, sorry. In our first, remember the Starcross Seaway, our first level up actual play campaign, mm-hmm. the piratey one. So he was a player in that, but he also streams on his own platforms. And he um, is running some campaigns on his platforms as well for level up a 5 V. The first mm-hmm. one was in April was Help, the Sun is a Mimic. <laughs> um, so a slightly different vibe from the other two that are a bit dark, epic world war games. This mm-hmm. is more... Yeah, so yeah, so we announced those. So that was um, that was very exciting. And if you go to emworld.live, you can see all of the shows and stuff we do on there in our calendar. But yeah, it's always good to have actual play stuff going on. And I thought I'd segue that into the news.
1: Yeah. Lovely, lovely, Smooth. lovely. Sure, we got oh. some new releases. Of a few yeah. new releases. Um, we got some Doctor Who new releases, and we got some Lord of the Rings new releases and stuff. So I think maybe should we have a look at those? We've got yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Five um, E.
3: Yeah.
0: Jessica um, is clutching a book in her hands.
3: The very book isn't we you? are yeah. discussing.
1: So this yeah. comes from Free League. It and does. this isn't the One Ring, which is their other Middle Earth game. The, the, the One That's Ring correct. has a bespoke system for um, Lord of the Rings role-playing. Yes. Um, this is the 5e-powered one. Mm-hmm. So those people who want to stick with 5e can play this instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what they've they've released three things. At present, so they've released the Lord of the Rings 5e core rulebook, Shire Adventures, and the Law Master Screen and Rivendell Compendium. Yeah, so Ooh. yeah, I mean, that looks awesome. They yeah.
3: arrived literally this morning, yeah, uh, at my house, and they're very pretty. I'll show you the front yeah, page as yeah. a big map of the Shire and everything.
1: Yeah, I've got the PDF. Yeah, I
3: haven't had a chance to read through. I...
1: Well, I have had a look through, so...
3: Oh, what do you think? So
1: I've, got the, I've got the PDF. So, okay. um, so yeah, so Lord of the Rings 5e is a 236-page core rulebook, And in there, you've got six cultures, and those are basically their version of species. There's six classes, there's journey rules, there's monsters and stuff like that. Uh, shire Adventures, it's got a whole description of the Shire, and it's got five adventures set in that region mm-hmm. that you can start playing with. And the Law Master screen and Rivendell compendium, well, I think you can basically guess what that is. Uh, yeah. uh, it's a GM screen, uh, it's got information about Rivendell and rules for high elf characters. But I, I mean, do you want more detail? I can tell you some of the stuff that's in it.
3: Well, I'm just what cooking...
1: classes, for example? Are you curious? What classes does a Lord of the Rings game?
3: Have? Yes, I am now. Discuss. What
1: are, what are these cultures, for example? So, Discuss. I'll go through the things. It's sort of in the order they're in the book, then. So we've got some new skills. Mm-hmm. This is super quick, don't worry. It's not super detailed. There's some new skills added to the five V skills, which are explore, hunting, riddle, old lore, and travel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have the cultures, which are in place of species, and they are bardings, dwarves of Durin's folk, elves Mm -hmm. of Linden, hobbits of the Shire, men of Bree, rangers of the north, are your your cultures that you start with. Nice, yeah. Uh, You have callings, which are basically classes, and these are the captain, the champion, the messenger, the scholar, the treasure hunter, and the warden. So you sort of notice that in a Lord of the Rings game, basically you don't have wizards wand- and clerics wandering around. Yeah. No. Right.
3: They're very special.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the scholar does have some sort, of, some sort of minor sort of magical and healing stuff and, and things. Mm-hmm. But it's not sort of like the high magic of dealing You're, D&D you're not.
3: You're not going to be Gandalf.
1: You're not going to be Gandalf, no. no
3: sad I um, have to remind myself every day.
1: Yeah. And you've got their journey rules. All the game rules, obviously, and a load of world stuff about middle earth and a bunch of monsters and foes, men, orcs, trolls, undead wolves, and nameless things, but no dragons that's what's in there looks good it does look good
3: i um i haven't had a like a look through all the books they're very pretty as free leagues always mm. are, but I've also got the one ring books, and i I yeah. feel like I'm more tempted to play with that than the five e version because I just feel what well, i don't know I just feel that's well, the be one more... Ring.
1: The One Ring system's designed for it. Exactly. The one isn't, I guess. Yeah, is the difference. And I guess because I, yeah, yeah, Five E is basically the framework is a high magic kind of heroic mm. adventure thing, whereas Lord of the Rings is more muted than that, isn't it?
3: That's not right. Let's go muted. on a really you know I mean? long, sad journey.
1: Let's walk up a hill and then down a hill and I then have up a another hill. Cry yeah.
3: about it. Um, yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> that sounds like my kind of game. Um, okay. But I. think... Well, my campaign I'm running at the... I did a session zero for a campaign I've started, and the vibe mm. I explained is sitting in a room crying because we've run out of beans. Um, mm. So, but anyway. But, yeah, I think because I'm not used to running 5e games, if I had the choice between the two, I'd be like, well, I'll go for the one ring. But I guess if, you've, if you're used to running 5e, this just, I guess, slots into what you're used yeah, to. So it'd yeah. be a, a I mean, it is
1: quite time. a departure, more so than a lot of five E games because it has got completely new classes, completely new. Mm. You know, it's it is it is mm-hmm. more of a departure, I think, than the average sort of. It's, it's more of a departure than a setting
3: for five
0: E, I guess. It's. Uh...
3: I guess, yeah, I guess I haven't dug mm. dug into it yet, but it's, mm. it's still wrapped well, in plastic.
0: You got stuff like Stargate, which is also based on five E. Mm-hmm. I think that one's quite interesting. The first five levels uh have their own classes and then after that you just build everything by picking feats.
3: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, you know so. yeah. what other game is based on five E? Well, there's quite a few. Yeah, but like a, a relevant segue, to what I'm about to say. Okay. Is Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: yeah, true.
3: Doctor Who has um Not a five the adapter. Yes. Yeah. Similar yeah. to Again. Free League. There's one yeah. for the yeah. setting that is Couple mm-hmm. Seven's done in house and there's one that is a five E adapter. And wouldn't mm-hmm. you know? They've announced two books for each of these types of game for Doctor Who. That was a less smooth segue, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Shall I carry on, or have I disgraced myself? And someone else wants to take well, over. Well,
1: well, it's, it's two games. It's Doctor Who Adventures in Time and Space. Yes. and there's Doctors and Daleks. It's the other one. So, You're Doctors co- and Daleks is correct. Yeah, Doctors and Daleks is five E one.
3: Yes. Of these D&D. two books,
1: yeah, these two books. One of them is for the um, Doctor Who opening game. The other one is for Doctors and Daleks.
3: Yeah, that's a much clearer yeah. thing. Yes, <laughs> that is what I was trying to say, but with words in English that other people understand. You <laughs> well, carry got on. There you you well, carry got on. You got this. You got this. You got this. I'll just take a right.
1: break. Okay, so for Doctors and Daleks, we've mm-hmm. got which is the five E one. Mm-hmm. We have got a
3: alien, alien archive, archive,
1: which is basically a monster book. Yeah, Basically, I mean, there's nothing else to say really. Is it a monster book full of Doctor Who monsters. What else can I tell you?
3: What I will say is, it has got the Weeping Angels in, which I think mm. it might be worth buying just for that because I think they're such a cool monster, and I'm really curious to see how they approach it in a D and D way. Interesting to
1: see what mechanic they use. Yeah,
3: yeah, because I wouldn't think of them as a D and D monster.
1: It would be difficult to implement, but I mm-hmm. guess they must have thought of something. But Ooh.
3: that's one of the best ever episodes of Doctor Who. Is the it's
1: a good one? Yeah, it's yeah, a good one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: In my yeah. mind, I love it. Hmm.
1: Well, the other book is the Thirteenth Doctor sourcebook, which mm-hmm. is Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. They have a sourcebook, a hardcover sourcebook for each Doctor. Yeah, yeah. Um, up until thirteen, obviously, so far, mm-hmm. um, you can pre-order that as a hardcover now, which is shipping in quarter four this year. But you can get the PDF right now. Mm. And each one just sort of talks about some of the monsters in that series and some of the uh, summarizes some of the adventures of that Doctor. Um, stats for that doctor and, some um, the other NPCs that appear in, in the show. So these, these books are, you know, I think I kind of wish I had them actually. I I'd quite like a collection of all 13 doctors in hardcover books.
3: Wow. But it's a
1: lot, it's a lot to buy.
3: It is. I was about to say, well, you can pre-order it now. I could, but I, need, I then need the,
1: the other 12 and I don't think I want to buy 13 books.
3: Do you have the booksh- bookshelf space? I do as have well? the space. I do, do have you? the space. Do
1: you? Yeah. But I'm probably not gonna do that. But I would like it anyway. Anyway, anyway, that aside. So that's, that's is that property. just a
3: subtle message for cubicle <laughs> <laughs> seven? Of- if you no. would like to second
1: the <laughs> books to the
3: show, we nah, be very nah, happy no. to have. Okay.
1: <laughs> Ooh, we have. Do you you know tunnels
3: and trolls? Do you mean burrows and bear like- owls?
1: Burrows and Bear Isles. No, no, no. This is
0: actually a legitimate game that's existed for quite a long time. I know. Uh, since 1978.
3: So everyone okay. will be familiar with Burrows and Bear Isles. Some of our listeners... Yeah, well, that is
0: obviously the no, no, sort of,
3: like, yeah, industry-leading
0: game. Some people but...
3: might have heard of the spin-off of Burrows and Bear Isles, which is Dungeons and Dragons, but there is also <laughs> Tunnels and Trolls.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. So one, one of the later games that have been developed. Yeah, Matt,
3: I don't yeah. know much about it. Illuminate. Okay, so it's published, so, um, so it published in
1: 1978. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it was kind of a sort of rival for D and D back in 1978. One of, the mm-hmm. first yeah, yeah. one of those sort of fantasy rivals for D and D, published yep. by Flying Buffalo back
0: then. Mm-hmm. Very, very um, focused on ease of use, as I understand it.
1: Yeah, hmm. um, it's had it has had lots of editions. I'm not actually sure which edition it's currently on. Um, but six say or seventh, seven, Six or yeah. seventh, or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, Flying Buffalo's CEO uh, Rick Loomis—he passed away. Mm. Loomis, sorry, passed away in 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the company was purchased by Web Sphere, which is a yes. uh, management and holding company. Ooh.
3: Sounds exciting.
1: Yeah, they've owned it for the last couple of years. Uh, but Rebellion, yes. as in the video game developer, yep.
3: comic book UK video and,
1: yeah. game developer, comic book um, publisher. And also has their new Rebellion Unplugged division. Mm-hmm. Where the, people they're starting
0: that, to do. the people that bought a Sniper Elite series, the yeah. Aliens vs. Predator series, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh,
3: they do the judge stuff by, now.
0: Yeah, Jason Kingsley, OBE, Yeah, that, that, that Rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, they've acquired it. Yeah.
1: Um, they've got the whole of, uh, Flying Buffalo's, uh, line of, uh, gaming products and they're going to be publishing Dunnels and Trolls. Yeah. Nice. Dunnels and trolls? Tunnels and trolls. Not dunnels yeah. and trolls. I don't know what a donnel is.
3: Uh, I imagine like a it's a specific type of tunnelling tool.
1: Possibly. You yeah. tunnel with a donnel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yep. <laughs>
3: you use it to make small holes in the um in the rock so you can put dynamite in there.
1: That sounds that sounds definitely accurate and almost certainly what it is.
3: Yeah, I didn't just make that up. Yeah. I didn't do that. But no, yeah, no, I they,
1: believe you. I believe it's a real thing. You can they still have a get all seeky stuff.
3: Yeah, you can still mm. get all the flying buffalo stuff on Drive RPG. They're letting that on there mm. until, mm. The, whilst they work on the stuff.
1: Uh, so we got d and D news if you want some d and D news. No. Mm. Or we got Starfinder news. We got Starfinder news. Ooh, go, on then. go
3: on. That's Go uh, We got
0: we. we have got Diana Jones Awards
1: news.
3: Oh yeah, Diana Jones Awards. Who
0: didn't they do you lose do that their? One? They're the ones that lost their uh, trophy, aren't they? Oh, that was like, a couple
1: of years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It disappeared in the post. Was well,
1: it last uh, year? Was it last year? I can't yeah. Remember. Yeah. For the Diana Jones Awards, they're presented at Gen Con every year on the Mm -hmm. first night of Gen Con, or the night before the first Mm -hmm. day of Gen Con. Um, and they're named after the Indiana Jones RPG. That's Diana Jones. Without the, yeah. Um, so, um, normally there's like only one, um, recipient each year and I was presented at Gen Con. And it can be anything. Um, it can be a game designer. It can be a convention. It can be a game. It can be a company. It could be uh, somewhat, um, (laughs) to, to, to Peter's dismay, a concept. The concept I know, of I know you did. I, I know you disapprove of that, Peter. I do know
3: the concept uh-huh. of dice will win this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
3: um, <laughs> what they've also got exactly.
1: is a emerging designer program. Ooh, nice. Which is separate to the main award,
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and four people have won that this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this emerging designer program is based to amplify the voices of up and coming hobby game designers. And it kind of focuses on those in marginalized communities. Mm-hmm. And what they win is an all expenses paid trip to Gen Con and some other bits and pieces, but that's what they win.
3: Nice. Um,
1: it started two or three years ago, I think. I can't remember when it started because it was Jion Shim that won the first one
0: of those, if I recall correctly. Mm, nice. Um, she <laughs> did that, uh, journaling game with Kevin Culp. Not the first one she did, but that was, well, not, well, that. One that it to my attention, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: so we got four. Four of them. Four winners this year. Mm-hmm. Nice. You'll we'll get an expenses paid trips. to Gen Con. Sweet. So they are Anthony Joyce Rivera, okay. who you'll find on the Dungeon Masters Guild, He's worked for Wizard of the Coast, Critical Role, MCDM, uh, and Ghostfire. Okay, nice. Uh, you'll find Erin Roberts, who has worked on Written in Blood, Pathfinder, Starfinder, and Hunter the Reckoning. Nice. Mm-hmm. We have Kayla Dice... Who has written Transgender Deathmatch, How to Embrace a Swamp Creature, and The Infinite Dance Floor, which all sound awesome.
3: They have really oh. good titles.
1: Mm, they're good titles. Yeah, I played with them.
0: And
3: oh. uh, we've
1: got Sen yeah. Sen HHS, who's worked on Pathfinder and has actually run on Level Up Advanced 5th Edition.
3: Oh, there we go.
1: A couple of years ago. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Good work, there. Yeah, so, congratulations yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah. All right, what else? Anyone else got some news? I've got some more, but that's someone else's voice because I've been talking a lot.
3: I think I've gone through the news, apart oh, right. from minis matter. and plush stuff that's on the News Digest, but I don't think yeah. we really care about it, well, do
1: we? Let's do, a, let's do a little bit of D&D news then. So you remember the Stranger Things D&D starter set from a couple of years ago? Yep. Yes. Probably what it was. was it yep. two years ago? I can't remember what it was. Longer, um, sorry. Yeah. So it was a boxed set. And it it contains like uh, a thirty two page a twenty three page rule book, uh, an adventure book, Stranger Things character sheets, dice, the Demogorgon figure, stuff like that. Pre painted. Uh, uh, It was a pre painted one and a paintable one. There were two. Exciting. Yeah. Um, If you go over to Hasbro, you can now download that twenty three page rule book for free as a PDF. Exciting not right. the rest of it just the rule book, and it's basically the equivalent to the basic rules that you get for D&D anyway so yeah. it is okay. basically D&D
3: so it's trying to bring rules. the stranger crowd into to D&D yeah, PDF yeah.
1: so you can just download that for free as a PDF from Hasbro yeah i mean if you it's... want to you don't have to you don't have to but you can if you want do you have it, to give optional.
3: them your soul or anything else in exchange of course
1: yeah why wouldn't you
3: if you've already why wouldn't you just
1: give Hasbro your soul anyway voluntarily
3: if you've for... already given your soul to Another entity, can mm-hmm. you just like give them someone else's? Or...
1: I guess you'll have to.
3: Okay. Yeah. I'll call my, I'll I'll call I'll call Django my dog up. Mm. Ooh. He's not using it.
0: <laughs> Disprove. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. So, uh, and the other thing is Big B presents uh, Glory of the Giants, which is coming out this spring.
3: Yeah. Oh, I heard a huge amount of press on that. Not yet. I think we'll bits. start
1: to see that. I think yeah. we'll start to see that winding up soon, though.
3: That'll, yep. that'll, there is some pretty, pretty artwork I've seen, though, previously. Mm. But but what's what's new this week?
1: Um, so WizKids Miniatures Company mm-hmm. um, have announced some upcoming miniatures.
3: Are they going to be and giant them,
1: miniatures? Well, one of them is the set for this adventure. Mm-hmm. And there are six creatures in this set, which basically point to what monsters are going to be in. I mean, this isn't a massive... Spoiler, is it? It's just it's, it's a massive bit of news. It's just there's six of the monsters that are going to be in this Giants book coming up are the Stone Giant of Evil Earth, okay. the Fire Helion, the Goliath Chief, Frostmorn Giant Lynx, and the Death Giant Necromancer. The Death Giant Necromancer. The Death Giant Necromancer. Death giant necromancer. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> there's actually a description of that one, not of the others. This huge okay. miniature features a chilling expression reminiscent of the grave. The souls flitting about this wizard of the undead will be sure to inspire terror for all that look upon its fell visage. The grave is calling. How will you answer?
3: I just won't take that call.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, let it go yeah, to voicemail. Yeah. As soon as that pops up on your phone, you're like, no, 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 nope. no, thank you. Block. Yep. Just yeah.
3: let that go. Basically. That one can go to uh, voicemail. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, maybe may text message, new phone, who this? but yeah. Mm.
3: <laughs> no, no, don't,
0: don't. Em- that, that, that's too much, you feel? Yes. Okay. Mm. Don't engage. Immediately answer. no. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So we're excited. Uh. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, woo! What a positive response from. Well, it was, it was more the marketing <laughs> blurb.
3: How will you answer the call? I was trying to be witty about that. Mm. Right. But, um, oh, yeah.
0: I, I mean, it's just like giant. I'm probably
3: not going to buy that book yeah. either.
0: I don't know, it's like, they're not dragons, and that is a big Yeah, I've never been that, that much sure of a giants fan. That, yeah.
3: that is true, giants are not dragons.
0: Well, giant yeah. dragons are dragons. I mean, giants are just basically big people, it's just like, mm. yeah, I know what people are like. I don't know, it can yeah. be something generally weird. generally
3: terrible.
0: Mm. Like, maybe if you gave me some aboleths or some, like, sort of weird, cathonic monsters. Hell, if you gave me a big book of mind flares, I'd be like, well, I can't technically use Mind Flares, but I'd be more interested because, you know, mm. squiddly diddly goodness. What? But Giants, it's like okay, mm. Giants, great. And if you're a Forgotten Realms fan and you're super excited, I am very pleased for you. I'm not a big Forgotten mm. Realms fan, I'm just not that excited. It's like, yeah, Giants lack the universality of dragons. Do you
3: just find it quite yeah. forgettable?
0: Did you? Do you know, yeah, by the way, like, Peter's got a
1: what? new job as uh, Wizard of the Coast primary salesperson
0: oh, doing yeah, an yeah. amazing job? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. So I thought it was anti-sales. Damn, <laughs> anti-sales person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read the job description wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: Anyway, well, I uh, we'll guess we'll get more yeah. news out about Bigby's giant friends. Um, anti- <laughs> that is <No>. the, name <laughs> the, <book>. <laughs> <giant> <laughs> the name of the book. <laughs> Bigby's bumper bucket. That is now
1: going to that is now going to be, but that is now bumper, bumper, be the name of
3: the book. Big boys. There we go. That's <laughs> yeah. a, that is a better name. That- that
1: is a much oh, better name. I, I like Biggie's Giant Friends" to be honest. But I think <laughs> that's catchy. <laughs> okay. The <man>. next <laughs> level of book
3: will be called something something Giant Friends. Yeah. Oh
0: dear, Ooh. dear, dear. Great. I, okay. I, mean, I I feel I feel the awfully cheerful engine is missing out on the source book here.
3: Yeah. <laughs> awfully cheerful engine has a monster book, and we should bring it out. And it should be called if if not friend, then Why friend Yes,
0: that that's actually one of the better ideas I've heard in weeks now. There we go. Oh. What else we got in the news? We're running out of news. I've got a little bit of Starfinder news.
3: Tell us about finding stars.
1: And there is a new book coming. It's Good Pots of Call. Cool. And it's a source book for Starfinder and it details spaceports and settlements. It's got a poster map for Starfinder Galaxy got hyperspace rules it's got new species in it and a whole bunch of other new rules and it's going to be in pdf on may the 24th mm-hmm. and you can uh pre-order the, well you can order the hardcover now and that will arrive roundabout about then mm.
0: zoom zoom pew pew
1: yeah
3: yeah exciting yes
1: that's the Starfinder news that was quick and short wasn't it
3: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah short well, and sweet they're also Starfinder. there's uh paizo and humble are doing a bundle to benefit Ooh. the trevor project as well hmm Nice. So um on EML there's a link. So there's it's in the it's in the Freebie week's Freebies Sales and Charity Bundles column. Um but mm, if mm, you're a fan mm. of Starfinder there's a nice bundle and yeah, benefits stroger mm. project. So Sweet, yes. linked to that.
0: Shoot. I think we've
1: probably done the news then, have we? That was quick. That was a short news section. Speedy.
3: Well, it was thirty mm, yeah. minutes we were talking, in fairness.
1: Oh okay. Maybe it just seemed quick. Maybe I was just having so much fun.
3: It flies when you're having and uh, you know what if people would like to experience the fun that we have live there is a way oh, for that to happen Oh,
0: oh what? Oh, oh, what what like people would be able to see the slides that's impossible Jessica like unless it can run our houses is that what you're suggesting what
3: Well no Peter Morris' is unofficial yes. tabletop go RPG talk show
0: <laughs> one at a time and repeat the show
1: at each house
3: No for Morris. each listener Morris' unofficial tabletop RPG talk show (laughs) is going to be at the UK Games Expo with a live recording session so you, too, can witness and enjoy the car crash that is this live recording before Daryl edits Mm. it. Believe it or not, this version you're listening to has been edited and curated. This was the best of a bad bunch. Um, Yeah, and that uh, doesn't
1: say much. So at
3: the UK Games Expo, which is the first weekend in June, uh, so it'll be on Friday the 2nd of June, we'll be at the UK Games Expo... Um, at 3.30 on Friday. Yeah, we're recording it live, and you can come and sit and watch. We're going to have a yeah. Q&A session. Yeah, so we're going to talk through that and talk about kind of conventions and publishing. So any questions you have about that, please come along so it's not just us sitting awkwardly um, in an empty room. Because my, my one friend that I know, I only have one friend, obviously, uh, that's oh. coming to UK Games Expo, is actually doing a role-playing game at that time, so they're not going to be there. So there's a high possibility no one will turn no. up.
1: Somebody um, please come. Somebody come.
3: Somebody come. But anyway, it's in the dice room. At 3.30 on and Friday. bring a friend.
1: Even if the friend doesn't know who we are or what a podcast is or doesn't like role-playing games or anything, just bring them anyway so there's someone else in the room.
3: Yes. Uh, and it's it's free and you don't have to reserve it or anything.
1: They just origi- turn up.
3: They originally wanted to give us a room with like 300 seats and I said no. Because <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, I don't think you understand. <laughs> so we do not have 300 seats. I think there's about 40 or 50 seats.
0: Mm. Oh, so we've got the possibility of being oversubscribed. Oh.
3: Yeah, um, but anyway, well, I yes. hope
0: somebody. I hope somebody comes. And we'll have a little. We'll
1: have a little. If people do come, we'll have a little Q and A session. Yes, and we can do listener questions.
3: Absolutely, that yeah. is what we're planning on doing. Listener questions live.
1: And if nobody comes, then we'll just
3: cry. I
0: don't know, then we'll just, just, do, just do, a do this normal podcast like we normally do. Yeah, you know? yeah. just yeah. this. But, but, about me.
3: Anyway, so that's happening.
0: All right. Ah. So, uh, the city gates were in sight. Ah, <sighs> Wintercliff. It's been many years since I was here. Ah, oh, I wonder if the Laughing Badger is still open. Oh yeah, a fine tavern.
3: Oh ho there, who approaches?
0: Just a pair of wary travellers, my friendly guard. We seek rest for the night and a good meal.
3: Ah, and, and where have you come from?
1: Ah, uh, last stop was Blackford, but we hail from the Border Kingdoms to the east.
3: Oh, you're far from home.
0: Indeed. May we enter, friend God. The hour is late.
3: Um, what's in the wagon?
0: It's more a cart, really.
3: Uh, are you trying to be funny? I'm well,
0: trying, yeah. It's not really my forte. Mm. The cart contains only provisions and travelling goods. You are more than welcome to luck.
3: Hmm. And what is that?
0: What is what?
3: That creature from the wagon!
0: Cart. You refer to our horse?
3: Your horse?
0: Yes.
3: Okay, and, and what manner of creature, pray tell, is a horse?
0: You ain't never seen a horse before.
3: It is a strange creature. I mean, perhaps it's some kind of fair aberration or, you know, monstrous conjuration? You're joking, right? I, I never joke.
0: It's an horse. It's the most common animal on the LSR.
3: Well,
1: after
0: dogs and badgers. Right, right, right. How can you not know what an horse is?
3: Okay, so you're saying it's a type of badger? No, it's a friggin' horse. Used
1: the world over for riding and transport purposes.
3: Okay, if it was that common, I'm pretty sure I'd have seen one before.
1: <sighs> Look, said nomad, may we please enter and rest our bones for the night?
3: What about your horse?
1: Yeah, the horse too.
3: Mm, not sure about that. I mean, what if it runs wild and you know attacks the good citizens of Wintercliff? It's a
1: horse. It'll just sit in a stable and chew on some hay.
3: Hay? Oh, truly an odd creature. What? Well, if it's no threat, why have you tethered it so tightly to your wagon? Cart. Okay, I'm warning you.
0: Sorry, I can't help it. The horse is pulling the wagon. Cart. Cart.
3: This creature, this... um uh, Horse. Okay, this horse pulls your wagon. Cart. Okay, look, I've had enough of your attitude. One more time, and I'll be the cells for you.
0: Probably better than standing here in the cold arguing about a horse. Please, guard, just let us in.
1: We pose no threat and neither does our horse.
3: Hmm, well, very well. But we'll be watching you and your strange creature of the night. Any suspicious moves?
0: From our suspicious horse?
3: Exactly. You may pass. The Laughing Badger is two streets down on your left.
0: Oh, you've heard of a
1: badger then?
3: Of course a armed creature of the sea
1: That's an octopus What now? Uh, never mind, never mind Let's go before we get into a lengthy debate About the differences between octopi and badgers Come on, Bessie Let's get you a nice apple
3: <laughs> My Jove, indeed It does pull your cart Like uh, some kind of beast of... Um... Burden? Indeed A beast of burden <laughs> Well, I never
0: Unbelievable Thank you, God. We'll be on our way Wow, that was weird Yeah, who's never heard of an horse? Hold, hold, what is that? What
1: is what? Over there, in the shadows, by the fence. Be on your guard. What?
0: I don't see nothing. A mighty black and white beast. You mean, the cow? A cow? What manner of creature is that? I don't believe this.
2: Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now?
1: So, we're going to talk about editions. What makes a new edition? Why are there new editions?
0: Mm.
1: I think we've
0: talked briefly uh, sometimes about this. mm Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. the past, but I think it's always worthwhile to go over it, especially in the light of recent events. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in obviously, ten,
3: in light of one D and D looming over. Oh right. Yeah,
0: and you know, are these things new
1: editions or are they not? You see, that's the interesting question. Mm. Is edition just a word or is it an actual thing? I mean, I know Jess, you have mm. a definition.
3: Well, in book publishing, under like legally for ISBNs, because each book you have will have the number, the ISBN, that it's mm-hmm. a product, a thing. Um And if more than ten percent of a book, the wording in it is changed, you need to register yeah. it as a new edition. Mm. So you'll have that with any book. Like I think in, yeah,
1: I think in terms of games, though, obviously mm-hmm. every every book iteration is going to be a new book anyway. Yes, it's just going to happen. It's going to be within with a new ISBN. But what it's more of a marketing. It's a broader thing than just the legal definition of. It, on an ISBN basis yes it's,
3: yeah in, what, in gaming what does it's a new edition yeah.
1: mean when it comes to a because like D&D it's on fifth edition but there have been considerably more editions than that mm-hmm. mm. obviously before first edition there were two or three editions before AD&D first edition came well AD&D first edition wasn't even first edition then Advanced Dungeons and Dragons came out mm-hmm. and then you got second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons so there's probably been like seven or eight maybe more nine bit. editions of D&D
3: At least there was three and three point five as well, of course. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Part part of the reason I sort of thought that this might be interesting is because there's a bit of a discussion about whether or not one d and d is a new edition. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, Wizard of the Coast is emphatically saying it is not. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, repeatedly. Um, I yeah, I mean, I'm not one hundred percent so sure. Um, I thought we could discuss it and also discuss what makes a new edition and why why do why do people make new editions why not just continue selling the old one well Ooh.
3: to not be skeptical about the why people make new editions i genuinely think if mm. you have a system you've made and you've created a game after you've played it a lot you'll always see things that you're like oh actually going back i would have done mm. this or maybe i'll change this and that so sometimes it's worth doing a new edition because if you've had an edition that's been out for like five or six years and you've played it a lot and mm. you just maybe you end up homebrewing it in your game this much. You're like, actually, no, I think it should just be like this, and it gives you the chance to, yeah, just kind of remaster it and make it a bit better. Mm. So game
0: designers do love to fiddle.
3: They yeah. they do. Uh, but, yeah. So that's,
1: that's definitely one really good reason for a new edition to fix stuff, update no, stuff, yeah, make stuff and better. and yeah. if your
3: audience feeds back on it, like you know, with all the playtesting stuff, the open you know d and d one d and d are doing lots of this is what we're thinking of doing what do you think so Mm. that kind of concept so i think there are lots of good reasons to do new editions um Mm. or to like if you're if it doesn't work for your intended audience like maybe if you had a really crunchy system but actually it's really popular with people that want something a bit more simpler to introduce their friends to maybe you end up doing a a new edition that's yeah a bit more yeah Open yeah. yeah. So, there are, yeah. I think so what, there are legitimate creative reasons to do such a yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So, one reason is to change the game. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. reason, of course, is that specifically in the sort of traditional RPG model, which they are kind of moving, or at least Wizard of the Coast is moving away from. Yeah. But it used to be you'd have the core rule books, you'd have setting books, and you'd have source books. Yeah. And you'd have a source book that was, I don't know, uh, arms and armor, or you'd have a source book that is elves, or you'd have a source book, you know, it would be sort of like that. Mm-hmm. DD uses a very different model now, but that's yeah. pretty much how the industry worked up until 5e. And the problem with that was, once you had the core rule books, you'd just be buying the source books. So they'd be, uh, splat books is the term that was basically used for them. The yeah. Splat books, they, you'd have to come out with basically a treadmill of them yeah. pretty mm-hmm. much every month, Yeah, and you would run out of things to write about. And they would get ever more specialised um, at first, you're going, the book of elves, great, everyone's going to buy that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Or a brand new setting, yeah, everyone's going to buy that. Yeah. But as you, as you cover all those, you have to go to something slightly more specialized. And then slightly more specialized. And eventually you're, you're, you're writing books just about, um, elven silverware in the, in the, uh, in the, in the 14th year after the cataclysm or something, you know, that, maybe not, but you know what I mean? And, and you're selling far, far less of each Mm -hmm. because they're getting more specialized to the point where it's not sustainable. You've got to reboot. You've got to start again. And Mm. so you make a new edition and start the whole process all over again. So that's kind of the traditional way it works. Yep. Because D D's broken that kind of model in the they don't do the splat books anymore.
3: Okay? Yeah.
1: Um they do, well they sort do some, I suppose. Um they do monster books and they do they do various various things, but it's is very different it's like they do what, three or four big hard covers a year.
3: Yeah.
1: Um a couple of them are gonna be big storylines, adventures, and then a couple of them mm. are gonna be sort of like tashes um book or 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 something like that, or Mordenkiner's, Mordenkiner's Term of Foes, like a monster book or something. Yeah. Mm. But they've kind of they've kind of broken that model, yes, and it seems to work really, really well for them because they're still selling like hotcakes even nearly ten years later, mm. which is pretty cool.
0: It's certainly impressive.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah.
3: And that's the ideal is a from a business model, I suppose, because then creating a new book obviously is resources and investment you have to put into creating that. So if mm. you have an existing Campbell. product, you can just they keep selling. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah.
1: Well, the general idea from Wizards Now, of course, is that they don't want new editions. Mm, they just mm. want it to be 5th edition forever now. Uh, but they do have to update the rules. Mm. Yes. And they have updated the rules. They've got the new Ooh. species. They've got, I mean, ignore, got ignoring, well, ignoring the ignoring Arcana yeah. and the 1D&D, just yeah. so far they've updated rules, haven't they? they have yeah. has updated the rules and things like that. So mm. they, are, they have been actually updating the game incrementally.
0: Yeah. Even so far. If I try to make a character using D&D Beyond, mm -hmm. it tells me that a significant number of the options that I have are now legacy. Mm. Mm. So, like, you know, that strongly implies to me that whilst compatible with, they are not part of the core core set of D&D anymore. That's quite interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so Wizards don't want to do a 6th edition. They just want to keep doing 5th edition and they want to incrementally change the game in place. Which... Is yeah, I get I, I get it. But one D and D, you look at it, and you know they say it's not a new edition. There's quite a lot different about it. I mean, mm. I think there's more different about it than between some other editions of D and D so is far. It,
3: it seems like is there more? Is it fair to say there's more changes between fifth and one D and D than there is three and three point five? I
1: think so. it's it's shaping up that way. I yeah. think I'm not 100% sure yet. I think it is shaping up that way. So the question is was 3.5 a new edition? I
3: well, say yes. I
1: mean, it's it's viewed
0: as, isn't it?
3: Well, yeah, yeah and, they, and
0: they called it that. Mm. <laughs> 3.5 but it, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, but is one D&D really doing anything new? Like, sure, it's it, it's like they've rearranged some deck chairs, like, you know, uh the playtest materials come out and they've changed where subclass levels fall, but is it really that important? Like, and yeah, sure, they've changed some of the abilities, like Brutal Critical Uh, now does something completely different, and there's only mm. one of it as opposed to three separate levels. Mm-hmm. But is it is it really that different? Mm. Like, I, you know...
3: Mm. Well, that's why I think I think of it as like 5.5, because like you say, it is very much the bones. I and I've I only I've only really mm. played 5th edition, uh, but mm. 5... I, The reason I kind of want, and I guess they are differentiating it by calling it one D&D, is when I come to a table to play a game, I want to make sure everyone knows that we're playing the same rules and we're doing the same thing. Mm. Because like you say, with the Mm. legacy Mm. things, Peter, if I rock up with a character I've made that is problematic to the new system because of rules reasons, then that's Mm. annoying for everyone.
0: Yeah. But the core mechanic is Mm. essentially you roll a d20, you add an attribute score, and you may add a proficiency if it's relevant. And if that doesn't change, yeah. is yeah. it actually different? Is it actually really worth calling it a new edition? Well, in that case, it's 5e uh, is the same as 3e, e, then, because that's yes. core mechanic of 3e e as well. Yeah. No. It's a core mechanic of
1: 2e. And it's the same
3: it's... as 13th age.
1: You know, so... They, they
3: And it's the same as level up advanced.
0: You saying well? It's a core mechanic of 3e. E. Yeah, I, I mean, is it? Because as far as I understand, you have to have the skill in order to be able to try things yes. out, which is very much not the case in 5th edition. It's an it's an ability score test. Anyone can have a crack at anything, and that is a fairly major change. And like, I know that doesn't seem like an important. That's, that's
1: just nuances, though. I mean, the core mechanic is D twenty <laughs> plus modifier to, to be uh, target number or AC. Thanks in all editions of D anD. d
0: You have to. That's all D twenty games, to to though, isn't it? Yeah, it's all D twenty games. Yeah, yeah. Like, like sure, 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 sure. You're like saying I'm picking at straws, but the difference is you have to have a skill, or you cannot attempt to do the thing versus. Everyone can attempt to do the thing. It's just your level of ability to succeed at it. And if you think that is like a small gap, then sure. But it's also like a really important one. Just saying. So I'm,
1: try- I'm trying to think of three. Are you
0: sure you had to have the skill? Like no, but I think things like maybe like, maybe thieves tools, something like that. I, well, or maybe it's well, just way people well, running for me. I don't know. I'm definitely yeah, well, not an expert in free.
1: You didn't have tool proficiency in 3E, no. but you would have had, I can't remember what it was called. It wouldn't have been thievery. It would have been, uh, what was it called? Pick locks? Was it literally pick locks, maybe? Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Hmm. But I think you could still try it. It's just that you'd have okay. a rank of zero in it, so you'd be adding nothing to your dice. Whereas hmm. a, a, a rogue might have like 10 ranks in it and you'd be adding 10 to his dice.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's kind of how how that worked. And the difficulties would scale, but. Again, even comparatively speaking, if you've got a dexterity of plus dexterity bonus of plus five, you can still have a go at picking locks and have mm-hmm. a decent chance of succeeding. Yeah. You know? Um. So yeah. But well, the I mean, DCs that, would often be a lot higher in three E. What you have to consider is that as the rules as written, the rules as mm-hmm. intended, and the rules as played, and if you can yes. ever make those three separate circles to be an actual circle as opposed to. A very strange looking Venn diagram, or possibly, I don't know, some sort of clover representation, then you're doing very well indeed, mm. in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I don't think you'll mm. ever get everybody to play rules as written, like in any system.
0: If you get people to play rules Just... as intended, I'd consider that a big step up.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, that too, yeah. as well. Yeah, I, don't, I no, yeah, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I don't. I doubt you're even even gonna have that. So yeah. I was. Yes. It was. It was written in Zebra's Bed and Breakfast. There's a line at the beginning. It says, "You know, these are just rules, but if you want to change them, feel free." Like the great mm. thing about playing role playing games is, like, when you're an adult, these things are optional, like bedtimes and things like that. And I was like, yeah, "That's true." Yeah. I, I <laughs> when you're a kid, you have these rules. rules.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna pick on your Zebra's Bed and Breakfast because yeah, yeah, that's fine, and it's not an uncommon view. Right? It's not an uncommon practice, but mm-hmm. like. If your attitude is basically like, uh, people just run it how they like, then why do we have a rule system? Like, what's it there for?
3: Because it's the recommendation, because it works for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I I mean, I myself do say, like, if you don't like it, these are ways you can change it. Um, Like, I, I obviously think that the way I run stuff is better, but I have to acknowledge whenever I'm writing stuff that... You know, people are going to do stuff differently. I'm not gonna turn they're wrong to do stuff if they're having a good time. But equally it does make me question, well, mm. like, you know, why why do we have rules in games if like we're just saying, well, they don't really matter, we can get rid of them. Which rules matter and which rules don't?
3: Uh the the ones that are fun and work for the story you're telling them. Yeah, yeah.
0: And that's like an entirely valid point of view. Works extremely mm. well for storytelling games mm. and games which support that. So again, it's like in traditional gaming, where what you're looking is to create where there is an emergent story rather than one that you tell, and mm-hmm. certainly things like Powered by the Apocalypse, which are very much in favour of play, play to find out. Mm-hmm. They don't want things to be written in stone before you start. But uh, again, it's like for me that does sort of feel where you are, and that that's that's just one of those tensions in role playing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, are you writing a book or are you playing a game?
3: Yes. Anyway, but we're moving back to our conversation before, as okay. rules of Britain yeah. versus rule uh, th- of call. Cool.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, let's get back to editions.
3: Let's get back to editions. So, anyway,
1: so, oh, yeah. so um, I did a poll on my site, and I mm. asked people whether they thought yeah. 1D&D was a new edition. I was just curious to see what the opinion might mm. be. And it was it was like well over 40%, maybe 45-ish percent, I don't have it in front mm. of me, said yes. Mm. So while, sp- no, it's not a new edition one, mm. it was a much higher number of people than I expected said yes, they yeah. viewed it as a new edition. Mm. Despite, despite the marketing saying otherwise. Mm. So that's, that, that was interesting. I would
3: be me. in that.
1: I mean, I, as well. I, I feel like I do. Yeah, I do feel like I do. I can't help it. I mean, I'm not just trying to be contrary to Wizard of the Coast or anything. No, and I, that's my, I top. just, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I, yeah, like I said, I feel, is it a new edition? Well, I'm going to have to sit and go through and check which rules have changed and which haven't. Which Oh, feels yeah, until like, it comes
1: out, we don't know for sure.
0: Yeah, Which sure, feels but...
3: like, but that, but that feels like a new edition process. I'm like, mm. you know, it's not exactly like, the no more, so it feels like a new edition to me.
0: Yeah, mm. like if it wasn't mm. a new edition, we'd feel certain. Mm. I think the difference is, in a new edition, traditionally, you have to replace everything
1: the core rule books, and then all the splat books. You have to replace everything.
0: Mm. Whereas you, here, the player
1: and you're only replacing right. the core rule books, mm. but the rest of the books still exist and will still work with it. So there's the compatibility yeah. element is yeah. is
3: still... I I think that's a big industry difference is now that publishers... Because, like, I mean, for example, with Level Up Advanced 5th Edition, you were really keen it was backwards compatible because you said, I don't mm. want people mm. to have to sit there and buy a whole load of new books because, mm. we, you know... We're in a cost-of-living crisis. We just want to play silly pretend games with our friends and not be crippled in debt. But yeah, and I think... So I think publishers have picked up on, you know, we can't just do a new edition to sell people a whole load of new books because people don't want to do that. And people are are aware Mm. of that and they're going to feel cheated because I think some people really resent... uh, One of the things people really didn't like about Wizards, they're like, oh, it's a cash grab, it's a sellout. And there's much more of that attitude than there used to be, I think, in role-playing. So I guess that's Mm. why Mm. saying it's not a new edition is a really good way to go because then you're you're it's not got that perception that oh they're just trying to make us buy all the new books again
1: yeah i mean one of the big things with a new edition is traditionally again if you announce a new edition your sales up until between when you announce it mm-hmm. and you launch it your sales for the previous edition plummet yeah you yeah. basically stop selling things um and if you're like two years away Mm. As often people do have to announce a new edition that far in advance because you can't because springing a new edition overnight is also not great. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That means you've got a, a year or two of really weak sales, which which, which is kind of what the award edition, yeah, what the award yeah. edition does to your to your to your to your line. because so, mm. people just think, well, I'm not going to buy anything because it's going to be irrelevant in two in two months in two years. Yeah, which yeah. makes
3: sense if you yeah if you're looking to invest in this, and you don't want to. Mm. Yeah. So it's entirely fair. Yes. But yeah, like you say, then as a publisher you're kind of like when do we when do we yeah. make this announcement because we want to start the and marketing that, hype, but mm, mm, we also mm. need to eat over the next well, 2 that years. Well, I
1: suspect is why Wizards are very very emphatic that it's not a new edition. Because they don't want their sales to slump in the run up to it. And they're not apparently no, i mean, right. as far as I can make out they you know, there's not affecting current sales at all as far as I know.
3: I think Wizards are such a unique publisher in the Games industry as a whole, though, like you can't, you can't really look at Wizards and say, "Oh, that's what it's like publishing in the industry," because they're this one giant thing, and then you've got everybody else. Mm. Uh, You know, so it's
0: Yeah. yeah, they've got such a saturation of books like those. That basically, when we're talking about it, we're what we're really talking about is talking about the player's handbook. Yeah, we're not talking about the DMG. We might maybe talk a little bit towards monster manual, mm-hmm. but on the whole, we're talking the player's handbook, and that is everywhere. Yeah, mm. I can go into like a random tat shop in Southampton, right? Which is full of. Oh, when I say tat, I'm being very disparaging, and very mean. But if you collect mm-hmm. small plastic, like what those little bobblehead things called, like yeah, fair play to you, you enjoy it. Uh, but <laughs> it's like I don't really associate that with role playing games. I associate that okay. with collectible stuff. Just um, a, geek,
3: a geek lifestyle shop type thing, are you talking about, really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. you're,
0: talk- geek- you're talking geek geek about for- Forbidden Planet, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm not talking oh, about okay. Forbidden Planet. Okay. Like, it's Forbidden Planet. If Forbidden Planet didn't sell any games or comics. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, it just has all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, from- geek,
3: geek lifestyle yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even a chain. It's just like this shop, and it's full of heavy metal t shirts and all that sort of thing. And, like, uh, I mean, manga branded up posters and But without any of the actual geek stuff. So it's like, it's the geek accessory kits, but without any of the things that you actually geek out about. Does that, I know that sounds absolutely insane. And I'm just, no, it's, yeah, a geek
3: geek accessory shop. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, But geeks, geeks like accessories.
2: Like Like, like, you go to Comic Con,
3: there's loads of stores that sell those things. They're not, they're not actually selling, you know, that manga or comic books or anything like that, but they're selling all the, the merch around it.
0: Yeah. Like, like they do not sell. Any of the things that, like, I see the shop, I'm like, oh, okay, that looks like the shop I should go into. Mm -hmm. They might have something I'd be interested in. I go in, I'm wandering around, and they don't have any of the comics, the collectible card games. Mm. (laughs) What they do have is they have a player's handbook, uh, I think like a Monster Manual or something, propped up on the side. But the rest of it is all of the merch, the merchandise surrounding it. It is literally, it's like... It is like it's like entire side salads. <laughs> There's no main course. Sorry. I, I'm doing a terrible job of explaining it, but yeah. I
3: think I was just saying, I think that's yeah. okay though.
0: It's just yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's fine. Mm. Like clearly they reckon they can but do it. But you're stuff.
3: saying the player's handbook will be there and yes. no other games.
0: Yeah. Yes, that, that that is basically what I'm driving at. It's like that is the sole bit of geek stuff as opposed to geek accessory stuff that isn't possibly geek lifestyle that has actually made it into this shop. And it's like that just
3: Okay. Well, I think that's because sometimes those um, these things probably some magic
0: cards or something. Yeah,
3: I think these things are gateway drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Gateway (laughs) drugs, but you know, (laughs) gateway interest for people to get in the hobby because maybe if you are really into anime or something like that or other nerd lifestyle things, you go into that shop and you you're not in there looking for role playing game books because you're not a role player. But you know, maybe the the thing you're most likely to get into because you've heard of D and D, you'll play that. So it makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, you you've nailed it. Books. Those were the only books in mm-hmm. the shop. There was no other books. And I mean, what that's have, got two just... editions. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. We've got like another ten minutes to quite into
0: an entirely different topic again. <laughs> but it's related.
3: <laughs> At least we're talking about role playing games this time though, in fairness. No, it's both so. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. because uh...
0: fifth edition is so widely spread that it's even in these places which just don't sell books. It's mm-hmm. in the regular bookshops as well. So yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. quite a market
3: where people are? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Regular yeah. bookshop.
1: So yeah. talking about this whole whether you call something a new edition thing or whether mm-hmm. you just update the game, of course we mentioned in the last couple of weeks, we've mentioned One D D and we had an episode on Pathfinder last week. Yes. Mm. So Pathfinder remastered is kind of in the same situation. Yes. Yep. I think it's less of a difference than One D D is, but it's in the same sort of situation where they're yeah. producing new versions of the core rule books and they're saying this again is not a new edition very much in the same way
3: i buy it from pathfinder though because i think the reason they're doing it is because they're wanting to put in the orc license so they're probably going to have hmm. to go into update errata and edit bits out so it's DOGLified. Hmm. so it looks like we need to do that so we're doing that also there are these few little tweaks that we've had in mind for a while we'll just put that in now while we're here but i imagine yeah. had the ogl thing not happened maybe they would have waited a few more years to kind of do a more substantial change and make it a new edition. But do you know what I mean? Mm. So I I, yeah, I, I buy yeah. I buy it from Pathfinder that's not a new edition. I will yeah. I will mm. accept that and be quiet and nice about it. But I don't know
0: <laughs> Like Pathfinder mm. the day like two days after they released the core rule book, mm-hmm. they had like mm. eight pages of errata. And you know, what they yeah. did was an incredibly technically complex challenge. Even with a full team mm. of editors and the best in the world, yeah, it's so the rules are so important. The rule set is so complete that yeah, it needed the eight pages of errata. And it's like, well, actually, yeah, that's that's quite light, and a lot of it's about stuff that isn't maybe that important because mm. of how precise everything is there. So that mm. has put me off. Whereas these new books, I'm thinking, well, errata-free, deoglified. Um, mm. I'm not going to have to wade through stuff that isn't really relevant, but they have to put in there. Yeah, okay. Mm. I, me, I, I'm I think... looking at the new books and thinking, hmm, okay. I,
3: yeah, mm. I think if you had Pathfinder Second Edition and Pathfinder Second Remaster- Edition Remastered, two people with those books playing the same game, they're not going to encounter loads of issues going, oh, well, actually, it's, you know, mm. you're not going to have rules issues with that as much beyond understanding Pathfinder rules. Um, but I well, feel that. You got if- you, got, you-
0: uh, they're not that complex but it's things like the spell names if they're taking them and changing them which we touched on in the previous yeah process. that's going to be awkward yeah, um, yeah well yeah that, that, gonna be a that one. will
3: be but they have to do that for deoglifying it but mechanically they'll do the same thing a lot. they're mm. all kind of doing that so it's just if a rose by any other name
0: yeah I <laughs> um, now, I, I, I must say that my experiences are now I'm finding it very hard to run games which do not have an online SRD because I've just realized, mm. I haven't realized how much of a crutch it has become. So A5E, uh, to a, like, to a tiny extent, D&D is D&D beyond. You have to pay to play for the SRD. But like, um, 13th Age, these games which have an SRD online, it's like, yeah, I've got no hesitation in running them. It works really well. Other games from very good publishers with really fun rule systems that I'm interested in. I am finding it really hard to run these games because I am encountering ethical problems in distribution of material so that they can make their own characters, especially online. And online is here to stay, and it's going absolutely nowhere. In fact, I I wonder if maybe there are more online games going on than there are in real life games, because certainly I'm not hearing about as many in real life games as I do online games. It's It's quite mm. a discrepancy, like orders of magnitude. Maybe it's because I'm inhabiting online spaces, perhaps. I don't know. but And how would we collect the data? Yeah. I don't know. Of course, you don't hear about the games going on in people's homes. Not so much, no. But mm. again, it's like...
3: You could do a poll on the EM World Forums, I suppose.
0: Might might be worthwhile just as a exercise. Because, I'll say this, because if you are just doing stuff online, the amount of time you have to spend is a lot less. You could probably fit two online games into the same space as uh, one in real-life game if you take into account travel. Travel, that's what they are. We're
3: getting away from editions again, Sorry. though. Sorry, again. I've to- yes. <laughs> like-
1: <I> tried third <laughs> time <laughs> Third time.
3: Okay, Where are we at that's
1: with that's editions? editions? I think we've talked less about editions in other things. <laughs> Do you know what I was actually looking at? I was just looking at this list of D&D editions, actually, because I was curious. I was thinking, to think, how many editions have there actually been?
3: How many have there actually so- been, right?
1: We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven.
3: That's already 12, more than five.
1: Thirteen, in the broadest sense, that's if you count things like Dungeons and Dragons Essentials. I do. And fourth edition as being two different editions. I do.
3: That okay, I, like. I would um, you
1: count AD&D Second Edition Revised as? Why? Why is, why, it,
0: why is Essentials a different edition from Basic Five E? I don't understand. Four E. Four E. Oh, four E. Um, oh, I don't sorry. know because I never got Essentials. Ah, uh, okay. So I'm thinking of the Essentials box yeah. set, <laughs> which is uh, much more... Oh, no, yeah, that, no, that no, that
3: is 5e, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah.
0: no. Don't but that is the also essentials. one for 4e there's, as um, well. It's towards we? the end of the 4e
1: line. Right. Yeah. It's towards the end of the 4e line. It was like 2010 or something like that. Um, oh, okay. It was designed like as an entry, lowering the entry barrier. It was like a easier one to get into. So it did have like revisions to the game. Mm. Um it's had like a rules compendium which condensed all the rules in errata into one volume. But it was yeah. I think it was more of an errata version mm. and reorganized. More kind of what Pathfinder Remastered is doing mm. than mm. A, an addition I think. I, I mean I'm not super familiar with it, but no, no. um that that as I understand is what that was. But okay. you know, it depends how you define it. So so like uh, thirteen or fourteen editions of D and D from one point of view, because you've got D&D Original Edition, you've got Dungeons & Dragons, Holmes Basic, um the Moldvay Basic, the Mensa Basic, the Rules Cyclopédia version, AD&D 1E, AD&D 2nd Edition, 2nd Edition Revised, 3rd Edition 3.5, 4E, Essentials, and then 5E. Okay.
0: There's quite a few. That's wild.
1: There's quite a few. So we are not really on 5th Edition, are we? We're on 13th Edition. Yeah. So it is very much how you define these things.
0: Get your heart out, 13th Age. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. 13 Editions?
1: Yeah. Well, there's plenty of other games who are on like, the 7th or 8th edition, aren't there?
3: Yeah. What, what? Okay, so we talked a lot about D&D and we talked about editions, but what other game systems have, um, just a little bit path, Pathfinder, but what other games have different editions that are definitely editions or definitely not editions? Well, I like
1: Call of Cthulhu is on like 7th edition
0: now, is it? Or oh, yeah. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. Ninth maybe. Even.
0: I, I don't know. It's 6th edition now, I believe. Because you've generally got what, yeah. like a... I'm trying to think, what game has the most editions? Well, potentially, I don't know. Well, Dungeons and Dragons that at 13. actually. Sort of. <laughs> yeah.
3: I would have thought D&D but, purely because it's the oldest, you know.
1: Yeah, there are some that brought out editions a lot more
0: rapidly, I think. Okay. Yeah, because it's like... Because you've got that sales tail that we were talking about. Mm. And yeah. if your sales drop off, so you bring out a new edition to yeah. increase your
1: sales. Yeah. And they're obviously less able to weather that than the big company as well, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's got the most editions. Probably my cool DSD, I don't know. Um, like Traveller has sort of like seven or eight editions. Uh, yeah. Cthulhu has like seven or eight editions. Um, I think seven or eight tends to be
0: the upper end. Yeah. Of most games. Mm. Well, the hobby in some ways isn't that old. So that does mm. put, and like some yeah. places have failed to launch or stopped existing. So mm. yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I was eh? just thinking, right? dd has been around
1: what forty years, yeah, mm. forty years, and there's thirteen editions. If we if we use that definition, mm-hmm. which okay. obviously that is arguable, mm-hmm. but yeah. what's forty divided by thirteen is that means the editions come out every three years Pretty on average.
0: Bit. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. if
1: yeah. if you use that definition, which is quite frequent on average.
0: Yep,
1: but it's it? not
3: quite been like that because how long has fifth edition been out for? Like ten years. Mm.
1: Exactly, yeah. That's why I said on average, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that does mean but basically at one point it was much more rapid then, presumably. Yeah. And
3: I I think like you said that. earlier, that's an industry ch- trend change of
1: and
3: mm. what customers expect yeah. and what they're willing to pay for stuff. Yeah. So So
1: I think Wizards is kind of kind of groundbreaking it, this change in how you do you update your game. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think with Pathfinder kind of following suit
3: Oh, they yeah. I think I hate to hear you say that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. You're
3: gonna get okay. death threats from um, Pyzo now. <laughs>
0: yeah. First of all, how dare
3: you,
0: Jason? Well, well, I mean, yeah. No, I don't think the following <laughs> Suit
1: because Wizards is doing it, but they are—they are—they are doing it. They are doing it also, and I think this is coming out before. Is it coming out before Wizards? I can't remember the timing. Yes, yeah.
3: no, it is because um, yeah. the some of the books are coming out this November, and then yeah, you're some right. in yeah. 2024. Yeah. And when yeah. is so
1: they can actually beat them to the punch. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I wonder if we're gonna see uh, overall industry change in how. Games are updated, and we're going to find a lot of games aren't getting new editions, and instead they're just changing the game in place.
3: I think so. I think that's the way it's going because I think, and I'm wondering if people are going to do more kind of what Free League does and Cubicle Seven mm. does of having like a modifius having you've got your core system, and then when you do different settings or stories, you kind of tweak those core systems yeah. a bit because yeah, yeah. that seems to yeah. work really well because then you've got enough familiarity with the house system, but it's but tailored it tailored little, to yeah. your story yeah. um yeah. so yeah we see a lot of people mm. doing that as well so i think that mm. i think that's interesting and then that gets you because i wouldn't say they're new editions they're just different kind of different games, different games yeah, i'd call obviously. them yeah. like with yeah. all my free yeah. league games i've got there like mm. the rules yeah. are kind of familiar enough but i wouldn't call them it's a different edition of the um Year zero engine i'd no,
0: call it a different game yeah so guess, that's yeah. that's
3: a, a yeah, different for- way of doing it that's different from editions
0: we we already have a good model for this in computer gaming where things like the unity mm-hmm. engine powers an extremely large section of gaming and mm-hmm. but i mean they, it varies from things which are basically just clones to like like mm-hmm. the unreal engine for or to pick an example i can speak a bit more authoritatively about like it's done, like a lot of different unreal games but also a bunch of other games which aren't anything to unreal and look different so yeah it's all out there Mm. Um, and and that's the sort of the underlying powerhouse behind it but what setting you mm. choose to put over it will differ but i guess it's how does it feel to play these games and do these changes make it different enough so like freely league games yeah using the yeah. mutant year zero engine how different do they feel they look different they've got different tweaks different rules maybe they're even Passing that 10% rule, but do they feel different, or, or is there a certain kinship amongst them? I don't know. I haven't pl- had the opportunity to play enough of them.
3: I'll I'll let you know because I'm planning on playing more of them this year.
0: Right. Mm. I'm
3: trying to get myself to play more of the different games that I have because I have these games and I just look at them, and that's mm. not the fun of the hobby for me.
0: Not like for us then. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. Sorry, just looking at your big pile of games behind you, Russ. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think one one thing that could go towards a definition of editions is compatibility. I suppose if it's not like, not compatible, then it's definitely a new edition. I would say if it is compatible, then maybe. Yes. I yeah.
3: don't know.
0: I mean, so, back compatibility is a thing. Yeah. So could you take For the
3: fact you're having to say? It's compatible, or backwards compatibility, mm. shows that there's enough changes that you have to say that to people. Mm. It's not just, mm. you know, apparent. Yeah.
0: So, so and of backwards co- compatibility is different to actual full compatibility. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, are we saying that you could take, say, Tales from the Loop and make characters in that that you then run in uh, Alien? <laughs>
3: that Those that kids would feasible? have a bad day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> a bad day. I mean, look, Loot um, managed. What's wrong with them? <laughs>
1: no, it's true. He did manage, yeah, yeah. and then she died in a in a um, hyperspace cap, space capsule thing. Spoilers! Oh,
0: Spoilers for us. <laughs> Sorry, that, what if we, we haven't girl, seen aliens. He's nearly as old as you are. Is all we're saying, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good
1: movie it was on again it's always on but yeah I saw it again the other night it's a good movie it was a good movie but anyway that well, so. aside so. Mm, um,
3: so what other conclusions do we have about additions I feel like we talked about what we think makes one no conclusion on that there's a, a wide range of ways that you can define it yeah
1: I think what makes one is kind of almost a marketing thing more than anything yeah, else yeah I'd
3: agree at this point
1: I, I think pretty much yeah um, so, so I don't think the word necessarily even has a meaning now
3: so we're we okay. not just going to so, randomly bring out a new edition of Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition soon, then.
1: Yeah, but we, yeah, you would just call it
0: Level Up um, Advanced Six Five B Two E. I'm looking forward to <laughs> yeah, the Level Up that, yeah. A Five B Two E. That's going to be real. That just trips yeah. off the top. Catchy. It's so natural. Catchy. Yeah, yeah. How, I like it. I like it. How yeah. powerful! Yeah. Let's yeah. not do that. Um, hmm. So engine optimization. Ha! We laugh in the face of session engine optimization. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Oh, I think we probably have covered it then. I mean, we haven't resolved anything,
0: but we've probably yeah. covered we
3: it. We never
0: do. If we're saying then that beyond the definition of an edition being a change of more than 10% of the text, then it comes down basically to marketing, then really it's up to whether we believe the Wizards of the Coast marketing, that it is not a new edition, or whether we think it is a new edition. So yeah, like 55% of the people are going with, yeah, sure, oh, yeah. not a new edition. And 45% right. are like, it seems like a new edition for me. And maybe both are right. Wild. I mean, that definition, though—the
1: ten percent definition—is whether or not you'd legally have to have a new ISBN. Yeah.
3: Mm.
1: But they are having a new ISBN anyway because they're making different books. Mm.
3: Yeah.
1: They've, they've, um, they've chosen to, and, and Pathfinder as well. They're going to have new ISBNs because they're making different books with different names. So right, right. So whether or not it's ten percent different or not, they will have new ISBNs on those books. Understood. Whether or not, whether or not, is that much of a change? That's going to happen. Mm. Yeah, because they don't want people accidentally buying the old players' handbook, the twenty fourteen players' handbook, yeah. when they yep. want you to buy the twenty twenty four players' mm-hmm. handbook. Absolutely. They are going to be different books. Yep. So I'm not sure that helps that much. as Therefore, as a definition of an edition, because
3: yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think funny. it is just marketing. It's just what what someone calls it and what people agree to call it makes it an edition. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and I right. think compatibility is a big factor in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would
3: agree.
1: So in that by that definition, I think Pathfinder. Pathfinder isn't making a new edition no, nope. because it's, they're not revising the rules particularly. They're making some changes mm-hmm. but not yeah. particularly. 1D&D, we'll have to wait and see how different it is. I feel like it is but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I would agree with In you. This, I feel might. like 1D&D
3: yeah. is a new edition
1: mm-hmm. even
3: though technically it's not.
1: Yeah, I think it's akin to the 3.5, 3, 3.5 change. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Yeah. And it seems that about 45% of
3: people do. There we go. Hmm. Contentious issue with a divide like yeah. Brexit. Yeah,
1: yeah. And well, on that note, I think we have fully, fully resolved this this question.
3: Yes.
0: yes. In great detail. The satisfaction of all involved and for all of our listeners. Yes. For, for oh. someone's satisfaction, anyway. Yep. All right. Shall we get out of here? Yes. Oh, yeah. All right.
2: Apparently, I now have to read this to you. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go.
1: Goodbye. Get out of here. My dog is currently throwing himself at the door. Shall I let him in or not? Or will he continue to throw himself at the door?
3: I think he'll continue to throw himself at the door. I don't think that dog understands boundaries <laughs> or has like the capacity to get bored of doing repetitive tasks. So.
1: Mm. A working God, be, that would be useful, wouldn't it? To not get bored of repetitive tasks. Okay, I'll open the door. Hang on a sec.
3: That would be nice.
1: Okay, yeah. Oh. All right, we have a Hudson. Hudson's joining the podcast.